You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadam. Well, I want to start off today with the, uh, well, the conclusion of the Sunday games, what those games mean for us, as well as the playoff and draft picture. Uh, The Monday game is not done for me, so I can't comment on that, but don't worry, we'll get there. It'll be fun and glorious and wonderful. But um, things didn't necessarily go the way that we wanted them to go, depending on what you're looking for. For example, the Giants beat the New England Patriots. Now, I don't think it's going to necessarily matter. The Giants are a complete joke. I don't think they're really going anywhere as far as them competing with the Packers for a playoff spot. But they did inch a little bit closer to being a competitor. They're just a game behind us. If you're still looking at the draft, it was great. The Giants won. They moved to 4-8. and eight, A couple of losses, and the Packers are right back to being a top-five pick again. Um, unfortunately, Carolina did lose to Tennessee. I was really, really hoping they could pull that out again. They do have... Uh, Chicago has their pick. So right now, Chicago has the number one and number four pick in the NFL draft. Number one comes thanks to the freaking Carolina Panthers, who not only gave them their wide receiver, gave them their number one pick, they didn't even get anything out of it in return. They got nothing. They got a quarterback that's not good at football. So well done, Carolina, you freaking morons. Why couldn't you have picked C.J. Stroud? You know where Houston's picking? 17. Jagoffs. Um, the Atlanta Falcons did beat the New Orleans uh, Saints. I was pulling for New Orleans because, again, somebody has to win that division, so I was kind of hoping that one would kind of pull away while the other three continued to sink. Instead, the Falcons won, and now there is just a massive pile of five and six teams. The Falcons are five and six. The Packers are five and six. The Saints are five and six. The Rams are five and six. I mean, it's just uh, it's a crowded five and six NFC. But again, for the sake of the draft, a couple losses, and we are behind or ahead or whatever of the Saints and the Falcons and the whole crew. Uh, Tampa Bay did lose to Indy. That was a very good thing for the uh, playoffs. Tampa Bay falls to four and seven and are further out of contention. Denver won, which made me happy just because the Rams beat Arizona. Again, potentially good for the draft just because, you know, Arizona, we want them to take that number one spot. Not super great for the playoffs. Not that it's necessarily terrible. The Rams stay tied with us at five and six. And again, the Packers are ahead of them because we beat the Rams. We just can't fall behind them. The, well, let's finish. Are we finished? We might be finished. Uh, Philadelphia did beat Buffalo. Doesn't super, doesn't super matter if you didn't hear that. Kansas City did pull away from Las Vegas. I was really liking what I was seeing early on. I was like, dude, we're going to beat the crap out of Kansas City, dude. They suck. They're about to lose to the Raiders. Then the Chiefs did what they always do. They pulled out, you know, in the end and just 
completely pulled away 31-17. What I was saying about the playoffs, though, is, look, if the Packers deserve to get into the playoffs, I don't think any of these teams are really going to be competition. I, I don't see any of these teams really going on a massive run here. I'm not expecting the L.A. Rams to just go on a complete tear. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons or the New, oh, I guess, and the New Orleans Saints to go on a complete run. So I, I think it's up to the Packers. If they want to get into the playoffs, just win. You know, maybe you lose to the Chiefs, uh, whatever. If you lose one, maybe two more games, you're good to go. But if we're talking about like a bunch of teams with losing records vying to get in, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. I mean, congrats if we happen to limp in with a garbage record because everyone else is even more garbage. But that's stupid. And unfortunately, the timing isn't really great because we're kind of on the cusp of breaking into the playoffs and we have our toughest game probably of the season. You know, the Seahawks are facing the Cowboys and are likely to lose again. That's two weeks in a row. So we, we have an opportunity to pull ahead of the Seahawks. Right now, the two wildcard teams are the Vikings and Seahawks. So this would be a fantastic week to jump ahead of them. I guess the other, the, there's two opposite sides of that coin. Number one is, if Dallas beats Seattle, then we're not going to fall behind if we lose. So that's a positive. The other way to look at it, though, and this is kind of the biggest thing, if the Packers pull out another win as seven-point underdogs, on Sunday night football in front of a national audience at home against one of the top teams in the NFL for the second week in a row. They're, you know, I heard, um, I think it was Tony Romo on a broadcast listening to the Broncos game, and he made a comment that if the Broncos go on to win this game and, and the Eagles lose, I think you would have to say the Broncos are the hottest team in football. If the Packers go on a three-game winning streak against the Chargers, who at the very least are a mediocre team that has the ability to beat up on bad teams and has a good offense. The Lions, who going into that game were 8-2, and two, that's in Detroit, by the way, one of the tougher places right now to play football, and then beats the Kansas City Chiefs. Number one, there's no doubt that the Packers have catapulted themselves back into the conversation around where they were a year ago. Because I don't think last year we were thinking, we are the best team in the NFL. I don't think we were thinking we were the top team in the NFC. It was always teams like the 49ers that were kind of in the way that, were, you know, we, okay, they're probably better than us, but we could, we're good enough to maybe da 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 Especially looking at the remaining schedule, Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. I mean, the bottom line is this three-game, four-game maybe, if you want to include the Steelers, stretch is the hardest part of our schedule. I mean, by a million miles. The Steelers are six and four. The uh, Chargers are four and six, but one of those losses was the Packers. So they're about a they're again they're a middling team. But you have a, a top AFC team in the Steelers, one of the top NFC teams in Detroit, and another top AFC team in the Chiefs. That's a four game stretch with three and a half really good teams. You come out three and one in that stretch with some of the bottom teams in the NFL, like the Giants and the Panthers, coming next. And by the way, half of these games are at home coming up. The at home games are the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Bears. The away games are the Giants, the Panthers, and the Vikings. That's set up nicely too. If I had to pick Chiefs home or away, obviously home. If I had to pick two teams to to be on the road, the Giants and the Panthers would be those two teams. Because those two teams are a joke. 
Minnesota on the road is the only one that's kind of like, yeah, that sucks a little bit. But we'll see what Minnesota even is. I doubt they are Detroit. I doubt they are um, Kansas City. So on one hand, you look at it and say, okay, it's one game. If we lose, we're still set up for success down the stretch. On the other hand, you look at it and say, but if you win, and and look, I basically said there's almost no chance. I mean, I, I picked the Packers to win and said anything could happen, any given Sunday kind of thing. I had less faith last week against Detroit than I have against Kansas City because of what we did against Detroit in Detroit. Seven-point underdogs in that game were seven-point underdogs in this game. And again, we didn't have any evidence that they could beat a team like the Lions. Now we do. Our defense held the Detroit Lions to 22 points. Kansas City's offense is nowhere near as good as Detroit's. Their defense is about the same. And this is in Green Bay as opposed to on the road. This is winnable. And again, pull this off. You are one of the hottest teams in football. Doesn't necessarily mean one of the best, but one of the hottest, one of the most up and coming. And and one of the greatest things about that, and I said something similar about this with Jordan Love, the feeling of just despair from our rivals and everybody that hates the Packers when they watch as another quarterback begins to emerge is the greatest thing ever. Think how great it will also be if we beat the Chiefs. And not only is it, oh my goodness, they've got another quarterback, but it's, oh, you've got to be kidding me. They're already good. Like year one, youngest team in football. Like you at least take a couple years to figure it out. Like, nah, we'll just go to the playoffs this year. Lions have been trying for generations to get into the playoffs. The Bears almost never sniff the playoffs. They fight and they scrap. I mean, they have early first round picks where they get quarterbacks with Trubisky and Fields and they just can't get it done. They can't even win. They got into the playoffs once, had a real legit shot too with an elite, elite defense and their freaking kicker ruined it for them. Everything was set up. We got what we need. Oops. I guess not a kicker though. Turns out that is important. That sucks. The pack. Listen, a lot of this stuff was wish casting in the off season. The Packers are going to be bad for the next 30 years. Like, I mean, that's obviously not something anybody can predict. How would you possibly know that? But you could look at it and say, you're probably going to be bad for the next few years at least. Even if Jordan loves the guy, it's going to take a while. Take a while for him to get into his full stride. Take a while to even build up the roster the way that it needs to be. Because obviously not every single one of these young guys is going to be a hit, despite the Gutekunst haters insisting that that's how it must be. Otherwise, Gutekunst is stupid. Not every single person that we drafted is going to be an elite football player. Sorry to tell you that. So you find out which ones are good, you let them grow, and you also have to go out and add more pieces to, the, to replace the guys who weren't good. That's a multi-year process. And no matter what, it's a multi-year process. But if you can stomp on... I mean, th- this is such an unbelievably big game. And, and, and the benefit of it is, it's not big if we lose, it's big if we win. If we lose, it's like... That obviously sucks, but it's the Chiefs. They're, you know, the reigning Super Bowl champ. They've won, they, they, they are the team in the NFL for the last, I don't know, five, six years, whatever. They're the reigning superpower, not just the reigning Super Bowl champions. It sucks, but it's expected. And then you regroup and see if you can still go all in and get into the playoffs. Because either way, even if you get into the playoffs year one, it's still you're still able to look down your nose at the Lions and the Bears and the Vikings and go, dude, what, why do you think this is hard? What, what is hard about this? Like, this is freaking easy. Barely have to even try. It's like that super smart kid that aces all their tests and they don't even study. Like, I don't know. What'd you do last night? 
and just got hammered. Yeah. How'd it go on that test then? What to, oh, the, uh, yeah, I, I, 100%. What? <laughs> I was that guy with math, but everything else, I just, I mean, I didn't try either way. I just, I got C's instead of A's. Again, I'm not trying to get too far out over my skis here. We could lose to the Chiefs, have an ugly game against the Giants, lose to the Bucks, an ugly win over the Panthers, lose to the Vikings, and who knows, lose to the Bears. It's not impossible, but that's not the trajectory either. I'm saying throw every single thing you've got at the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, one of the things that they mentioned, I think in the press conference, or I don't remember exactly where it was. Maybe, no, it wasn't. I don't know where I heard it, but I didn't realize this at the time. The Packers won the toss and elected to receive, and then went on to drive down the field and score a touchdown. I have talked about, and a few other callers like Jersey Mike have called in and talked about the fact that this was, they were the more physical team. They set the tone. They did that intentionally, which is, I mean, that's just how it goes. It's not just something that happens naturally. You have to intentionally be the more physical team. You have to set a tone. And, that, and you know, it's, it's not like I'm just going to speak it into existence. I'm not going to look in the mirror and say, I'm tough, I'm tough, and then go out onto a football field and I'm going to be the tougher one. It means taking risks, dude. It means setting yourself up to potentially fail. That could have been a disaster if you receive. And I, I'll be honest, I would have been like, that's a bad idea. That's a, that's a scary defense. You're going to elect to receive, and you know that the crowd is going to be full throat. Like that's a loud crowd. It's going to be at its loudest at that point. You go three and out there. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say the game's over, but that's that's brutal. But that's what it means. Like that's that is a coach believing in his guys and demonstrating, not just saying it, not just going in front of the media or in front of a meeting room and saying, "I believe in you guys." And ah, da da da. No bullcrap. We're going to take the ball and we're going to score. That's what's going to happen. We're going to set the tone. And it's, it's aggressive, right? Well, you maybe shouldn't have gone forward on fourth down, shouldn't have gone for two. That was the theme of the day. We're better than you, and we're going to impose our will on you. So even if the math doesn't exactly line up, I think on one of them it did and one of them it didn't. The two point, I don't think it lined up. The point is, we are going to impose our will on you at every single turn. And I think that they should continue that. I mean, it's great to do it to the Lions just to kind of, it, it's, it's <laughs> sort of like a little kid who's like, you know, the bully keeps picking on him and he turns around and just clocks him right in the mouth and is like, I'm not taking it from you anymore. Now, you can leave it at that and just hope that the bully's like, oh, dang, and, and leaves you alone and things kind of normalize and maybe you got to kind of buck up against him more often. The question is, though, is that going to be your identity? Are you now the dude who walks around? Are you the new bully in town? Has such negative connotations as opposed to the positive ones I'm trying to put out <laughs> for, for what I'm talking about. But that's, that's the question. Is that going to be your new identity? Are you the new bully? On did, did you take the title from the bully of being the new bully? Or did you just punch the bully in the mouth so that you can go back to being a nice guy? Are you going to come out and punch the Chiefs in the mouth? Are you going to suffocate them defensively? Just smother them? Are you going to throw blow after blow after blow on offense? Being aggressive on fourth down? You know, throwing and running situations, all that kind of stuff. Aggressive down the field. Just an absolute wild card team that's just scary because you never know what they're going to do. And again, that comes with risk. That's, that's scary. That's, but that's, that is a mentality. We talk about a mentality, but you have to actually put it into action. You can't be this quote-unquote tough guy team that has this basic, lazy, lame playbook and plays scared. We're just going to run, run, pass, punt. Run, run, pass, punt. Quick pass. Get the ball out quickly. Nah, screw you. I'm going to sit in the pocket and I'm going to launch it down the field. You want me? Come get me. I'm freaking scared of your pass rush. If you can even get past my tackles, bro except in this case, it would be probably the center. But still, you got a good DT. I mean, the, 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 the team has to understand the magnitude of this, and I'm sure that they do. 
Um, if you want to be catapulted to the top of the national stage, if you want everybody talking about watch out for the Green Bay Packers, watch out for the new Jordan Love Green Bay Packers, watch out for this young wide receiver core, watch out for this Joe Barry defense, if you want people to start respecting you, if you want to go from two weeks ago having um, Amon Ross St. <laughs> I'll just be nice, uh, the wide receiver, <laughs> Amon Ross St. something, um, if, if, if you want to go from that, which was, what did he say, something like, I don't even know the names of their defenders or whatever, to suddenly everybody saying your name and everybody talking about you as, you know, being maybe the best team now in the NFC North, again, being basically a shoe-in for the playoffs, maybe being a threat in the playoffs. You want that? Beat this team. Beat this one team. That's all it's going to take. One more. Give me one more. You beat the Chargers. You beat Detroit against all odds. Do it again. That will catapult you straight through the Giants. That level of momentum, man, you are going to sail into the playoffs. Give me one more. I know it seems unfair, right? We beat the Chargers. That should have been enough. Well, it's not because the Chargers are actually a team with a losing record now, and they really look bad in that game, so nobody cares. Plus, you barely beat them. All right, fine. You beat Detroit. In Detroit. That's awesome. But it's also Thursday, which is kind of iffy. Thursdays are always weird. Weird stuff happens. Detroit hasn't been very good on Thursdays, especially with something to do with the... (laughs) What I gotta look that up. I haven't referenced that yet. Kyle from Madison. I don't know why your name isn't popping up on here. I was like, where did that message go? Um, <laughs> he sent me something. The Lions are 0-12 on Thanksgiving when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase. So, you know, you got the, the moon in a waxing gibbous. A lot of talk about, you know, after almost losing to the Bears, maybe they're starting to slide, maybe they suck. Do it again against the Chiefs. I don't care what the narrative is about the Chiefs. At that point, you have beat some of the best teams in football. Everybody's going to see what you did three weeks in a row. They're going to look at the rest of the schedule. They're going to look at the rest of the teams that are competing like, well, oh yeah, the Lions and Chiefs aren't that good. Okay, look at Seattle. Are they that good? Are they beating the Chiefs and Lions? Look at Minnesota. Are they going to beat the Chiefs and Lions? Team that just got beat by the Broncos? So I don't want to delve into the... uh, Chiefs today. We got a lot of week left, but um, I did want to emphasize that because that is the magnitude of that is incredible. Anyways, let's take our first break. We'll come back and um, I want to do a couple things. We have not done a lot of uh, audio commentary. What is the national media opinion of the Packers? That kind of thing. What are people saying? I want to kind of get back into that a little bit. Maybe delve into how things are going in the NFC North. Not exactly laughing at the enemy, but maybe. And also take a gander at our newest playoff odds prior to Bears-Vikings. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, real quick, I want to look at uh, playoff odds. Hasn't moved a ton, but it's still, this again from New York Times, which um, they bought out 538, 538 was a very good website. Um, but I think they kind of shut down most of their NFL stuff. Glad to see that this is still sitting here, though. Anyways, NFC playoff picture. So obviously, so we have seven teams that get in. Four of them are going to be division winners, which the Packers are probably not going to be. We'll see. So let's just say that's Eagles, Lions, Falcons, 49ers. Okay. The remaining question is, who are the next three that get in? The Cowboys are basically a lock. They're at 99%. So there's two remaining spots. The Vikings are the highest on that with 69% of getting in. Nobody else is even at 50%, including the Packers. However, the Packers are the highest. Now, the Seahawks right now are currently in the playoffs, but they're giving them a 34% chance. I'm guessing that has to do with their remaining schedule. The Seahawks this week play the Cowboys, then they go on to play the 49ers, then they go on to play the Eagles. You want to talk about a tough stretch. They also play the Steelers, who again have a winning record. They have to play the Titans, and they have to play the Cardinals. They've got basically one easy game, and that's a divisional game, so those are always weird. Titans should be very winnable, but again, I mean, this is three games. So they just lost 31-13 to to the 49ers. They just got obliterated. Very likely going to lose to the Cowboys, lose to the 49ers, lose to the Eagles, at which point you're basically done. Then, even if you win two out of three, I mean, that's four loss. I mean, if, if they have between the Cowboys, 49ers, Seahawks, or uh, Eagles, and Steelers, if they have one win in that, assuming they beat the Titans and Cardinals, it's, I mean, that sucks. So again, y- you look at it, the Packers have the uh, currently the top odds. Now, the team that is competing the most with them is the Saints, which is why we wanted the Saints to win the game, because then the Saints stay out in front. The problem with this whole situation is that we've got a uh, team nipping at our heels as opposed to let's just let the Saints do it, and then the Falcons you know, can just fall further and further. The benefit, though, is if the Falcons had lost and they were the wild card, we would have to stay out in front of them because the Falcons beat us and we beat the Saints. So in the event of a, of a tie, which it is right now, both teams five and six, the Packers would be out in front of them. So that's the only good thing about the Falcons outpacing the Saints. 
However, had the Saints won, they'd be at six and five. The Falcons would be at four and seven. So I, I guess it's kind of a horse apiece. I don't really know. But after that, I mean, you, so you got uh, the Vikings in at 70. That's, so then the last spot kind of falls between the Packers and the Saints, with the Packers very narrowly beating them out. Um, and then there's a pretty sizable jump down to the Rams and Seahawks, who are at 37 for the Rams. And, f- I mean, the Rams have higher odds than the Seahawks, which is crazy. 37% for the Rams, 34% for the Seahawks. So, again, if you had to put your money somewhere right now, 538 slash New York Times, whatever, their algorithm is telling you, pick the Packers to get into the playoffs. In fact, Lions-Vikings-Packers seems to be the situation still. And again, if they lose to the Chiefs, I don't think it moves the needle a ton because I'm guessing they're expected to lose to the Chiefs. That's baked into this model. If they beat the Chiefs, that's going to freaking skyrocket. Also, and I know you've already seen the game, this is also why the Vikings losing would be fantastic because the Vikings are expected to win this game. If they lose, they go down. They'll be at six and six. And then, you know, again, I don't know what they'll be next week. Who, who do they play next week? Oh, they have their bye. Okay, perfect. Can't win. So they'll be at six and six. We'll be at six and six. But we'll be at six and six coming off a win against the Chiefs. They'll be at six and six coming off a loss to the Bears. Again, I don't want to elaborate too much because they probably just beat the Bears and it's not really worth talking about. Just saying. So that's where that stands currently. Here's something else to think about. And again, we're, we're, just, we're just talking here. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's, it's worth bringing up because I would hate for something to happen and it was never even mentioned on the podcast as an option. Let's say the Packers do beat the Chiefs and let's say it's on the back of another just elite Jordan Love performance. I'm wondering, is it possible the Packers look at that and say, this is our guy? Is it possible that they see an opportunity to massively inspire their team? Is it possible that they look to get out in front of something early before the price continues to go up? Is it possible that we see a Jordan Love contract before the season is over and as early as the week following a victory over the Chiefs? Because the more he plays, the more his price goes up, which is already going to be incredibly high. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, contracts are through the roof, but he hasn't put on a display like a lot of these other guys have. If you beat the Chiefs, you're going to the playoffs. And again, if you do it on the back of Jordan Love just tearing stuff up, I mean, it's possible that maybe he's not good and maybe this is a fluke. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there as a maybe. And, and I don't know what the thought process was on from Brian Gutekunst or whatever. Maybe they've been skeptical. Maybe they're still skeptical. Maybe they've been like the most diehard Jordan Love supporters, you know, even during the quote-unquote rough patch. They're like, dude, this guy is dominant. I don't give a crap. You know, Watson ran the wrong way, something, a bunch of idiots. He's, he's going to be fine. And then as soon as they see it, they're like, there it is. I don't know where they're at on the comfortability slash what, what they know versus need to know scale. But but again, remember, he said we would probably know what he is by about midseason. So it's not like his whole process is we're going to need two more years. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't see necessarily a reason to rush it. But again, it's worth talking about. And I, I, I at least want to put it out there now. We can revisit this after the Chiefs game. If we win, and if Jordan Love has another borderline slash fully elite performance, we will talk about this again. For now, we'll table it. All right, so I want to start off kind of going through some of the clips. Again, just 
it's good to get an outside perspective. It's good for me, and I think it's good for everybody else just to kind of see, in part because I don't like what I'm saying. I don't like, I shouldn't say that. I love what I'm saying because what I'm saying is amazing as far as like Packers are good, Jordan loves good, people are good. But it, it just, it sounds empty coming from a Packers podcaster who's a Packer fan who starts off the show calling himself a fanalist, which is what I am. And so I'm trying to inject two things at the same time, which seem like a conflict of interest, I guess you could say. Number one, great news. And number two, a real, trying to not make this sound super obnoxious, but like a, a, a rational layout of things to come. You know what I mean? In other words, I'm trying to be optimistic and rational at the same time, and I don't think that they're conflicting. But I even I question myself, because it's like, well, you're you're obviously blinded by your own bias. Like, if you were a Vikings fan, how would you feel about the Packers? If you were a Bears fan, a Lions fan, or just a, a let's say, a uh, who, could, who doesn't give a crap about us that hasn't played us? A Bills fan. If you were a Bills fan and just did a quick once-over of what's going on in Green Bay, kind of going through the whole, what, what would your whole thought process be? So based on everything that I've already said, here are just a couple things being said by outside voices about the Packers. But I'll tell you what, let's take our final break. We'll come back and hear what um, some very intelligent people that are not me have to say about the Packers. Maybe they're stupid. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is, let's see what's going on out there. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. So this is just the, and you maybe have already seen this, the NFL on Fox. This was, uh, I guess, a pregame show for something. I don't know. But uh, just talking about the Packers and what do you think about them getting into the playoffs? The Packers had a big upset over the Lions on Thanksgiving. They've won three of their last four. Is that going to be enough to get them into the playoffs? Uh, I think so. I think this team is on the rise. And that big win on Thanksgiving, I think that's a big confidence boost for a team. And uh, their remaining six games, four of those are against losing teams. And one of those is against their rival, Minnesota. And I think Jordan Love is playing the best football of his career. He's showing that he's grasping the LaFleur system. And this is a guy now, you can see he's making these big plays, he's using his legs, he's scrambling out of the pocket, making sidearm throws, things that people are waiting to see him do, but you're expecting him to follow up Aaron Rodgers and all of a sudden have the success, but I think this young guy is coming into his own. I do think Green Bay has a legit shot to make the playoffs. Hey, I, you know what, I agree with you 100% on that. So that's just the first question. Do you, do you think the Packers get in? And the consensus right now seems to be, I don't know, there's a few people that could be in contention, but yes, I think they will. This is similar. This is um, NFL on CBS. You got uh, Breach, Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, which, by the way, there has never been a group of human beings who look nothing like their voices in my entire life. Like I was so surprised to see what Will Brinson looked like because I just, it's, it's, it, there, there's no way. He's like this stoner-sounding California guy, and then you look at him and he looks like, whatever. And then Breach, I've been listening to his voice for years. I thought for sure this guy was like, I, I, I could have sworn I've seen him before. And he is like a 25, 28 year old, like scrawny white dude who's like a buck 25. And I see him and he's like, he's got the salt and pepper hair. He looks like he's 45 year old Hispanic guy. Like, wait a minute. Like, I, I swear, I've seen their faces before. I thought for sure Brinson was Ryan Wilson, and I have no idea where Breach came from. I, I just, it, it, it freaks me out. I can't watch this video because it's like, this is fake. This is like, this is not their real voices. They're, they're pulling a prank. This is, there's no way 
Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Here's them talking about the NFC playoff picture. Who's, sli- who's slipping into the, the bottom half of the, the playoff picture here on the NFC for you? Um, obviously, I'm, I'm taking the Rams. I think Rams and Seattle is an easy flip. I called Atlanta sliding into the four seed last week. And so then it really comes down to Minnesota and Green Bay. Green Bay's playing better. Jordan Love looked pretty sharp. They play each other in Week 17, Sunday Night Football. The Vikings still have to play at the Raiders, at the Bengals, and the Lions twice before their bye, after their bye this week. The Packers have the Chiefs, Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, and Bears. I'm going to say, as much as I love, I, I like, I, as much as I love the Viking story, I love, I, I like, I, as much as I love the Viking story. I'm going to say this: their audio is all jacked up, and like the video is not synced with the audio. It keeps replaying stuff. I don't know why it's doing that. Six and seven seeds for the NFC are the Packers and the Rams in some. And then it goes to commercial. Okay, stupid YouTube. I guess we'll leave it at that. So again, right now around the league, or people at, at sort of a more national level are kind of looking at the bottom of the NFC and they're going, um, probably Packers. And again, if the season ended today, it would be Seattle and nobody's betting on Seattle. Like that's so far out of the question. They're like, just forget that. Maybe the Rams, maybe the Packers, maybe whatever. Seattle, nah, never, not going to be a thing. And then here is a little clip from PFF. They're recapping this game. We're going to go through all the games. We're going to touch on those Thursday games. They were a while ago. Forgive us if we don't remember. But we have to touch on them because we didn't review them specifically. So it all started with the Packers and the Lions. Uh, Packers 29, Lions 22. Remember, this was a touchdown or so spread for the Lions. The other was, way, yeah. Yeah, for the Lions. Um, the other two favorites covered, but uh, the Packers, man, played a great game. In particular, Jordan Love, another week where he's playing his best ball, and not just his best game, Jordan Love, but, you know, just like he was feeling it, man. He was on fire when they needed him in structure, outside of structure. Jordan Love playing a great game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and the accuracy. Like, the one thing that Jordan Love has had a problem with all season long is basic ball location. I mean, he was absolutely on the money in this game. Forget, like, the completion rate stuff. I mean, 69% essentially completion rate, 82% adjusted completion rate. But, like, the ball location on some of these passes was insane. And he was getting extra yards after the catch because he put the ball exactly where he needed it to be. Um, It just seemed like all the way through the game, like, this was the ceiling of Jordan Love. This is what he can be in the NFL if you take away all of his flaws. So between that side of the ball, that was happening. Jordan Love was just having the game of his life uh, against a good Detroit Lions defense. And then the other side of the ball, like Green Bay's pass rush was annihilating one of the better offensive lines in the NFL and just putting Jared Goff under constant pressure. I mean, this game made no sense. Neither of these things was supposed to happen. Rashawn Gary with an incredible game, three sacks, I think. If we, I have no plays on. Um, but a 90-plus pass rush grade, Devontae Wyatt had a really good game. Kenny Clark had a huge game for Green Bay. I mean, I came away watching that game thinking, okay, this Packers team can compete with anybody. Yeah. Because I mean, they just took out uh, one of the best teams in the NFC, the Lions. If, if Jordan Love stays sharp, um, you have the Christian Watson post-Thanksgiving breakout here that you uh, you highlighted to me. The man can only play Thanksgiving or later, much like last year where he became an elite deep threat and, and touchdown creator. Um, so you've got the receivers 
who are young and you know inexperienced and never in the right spot and dropping key passes. They're playing well. Love's playing well. The defense is flying around making plays, rushing the passer. This was a complete game by the Packers, the best game that they've played all year. And I came away thinking, okay, they've they've got the Chiefs next week on Sunday Night Football. Like if they play like that again, they could pull the upset against Kansas City. They can win some games here down the stretch. So again, I mean, this isn't just you know echoing what I'm saying. This is echoing what we're saying. So it, it is good just to kind of poke our head in and be like, are we going crazy over here? Or was that like awesome? Like, am, am, am I just blinded? Because, you know, I'm just unfamiliar with like being bad. Am, am, am I not handling this right? Am I not seeing Jordan Love and the defense and everything else right? And they're like, no, no, no. No, that was really good. Like, yeah, like the quarterback was really good. Like, yeah, yeah, no, he was, he was solid. He was playing incredible. Okay. Offense, Watson and, and the receivers and everything, like they they're, they look good. Yeah, dude, for sure. Okay. Defense, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You think they're going to the playoffs? Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. All right. You're going to win, win like some. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, I, all right. Cool. For sure. Making sure. Now, obviously, a lot of this is tentative, right? There's, there's kind of two different things here. The, the playoff thing comes down more to all right, the Packers are playing better football, but also they have a relatively easy schedule as compared to a lot of the other teams that are in contention and also suck. So if you had to bet on one of these teams that is not very good, you probably bet on the one that's starting to look good and has the easier schedule, Chiefs excluded. There's a secondary question of, is this who the Packers are forever? Are you a true believer? And I think that's a much more tentative thing. It's kind of a, all right, you're on notice. We'll see how it goes. And again, I think that's fair. I think a lot of the national media and all that are like, all right, you got my attention. Do it against the Chiefs and we'll talk. Because that that's kind of twofold there. Because now you do it against the Chiefs. Now we have to acknowledge that, okay, that wasn't just a fluke. But then on top of that, again, nobody is going to look at the Packers and deny that they will be in the playoffs. That doesn't mean that they will be, but that there isn't a single talking head anywhere in the world that's going to look at this situation and say, oh yeah, the team that just beat the Chargers, then the Lions in, in Detroit, and then the Kansas City Chiefs, who has nothing but garbage on the rest of their schedule, is somehow going to fall out. Like n- Nobody's going to say that. However, lose to the Chiefs, and it doesn't really matter how good you are. Maybe you can play them real tough, and some people will be like, you know, they still, you know, nah, 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 nah. But most people want to forget about the Packers. They don't want to talk about the Packers. Not only are they sick of the Packers because of their success, but it's flyover country. They don't want to talk about you. So you give them that opportunity, they will dismiss you. See, it was just mostly a fluke. Packers are a decent team. Maybe in a few years, they'll figure it out. Right now, eh, eh. And again, there, there's a range that is, you know, the far end of the skeptical side of things. And on the other side, all the way bought in. But the key component, leave the Chiefs, forget the Chiefs. It doesn't really, I mean, it, it does in the short term. It's obviously a massive uh, game in the in the short term. If you win, it's like such a big statement. But in the long term, Regardless of what happens in that Chiefs game, all this comes down to is consistency. I'm not asking Jordan Love to have that level of a performance every single week, but kind of almost. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's take a look here. How often in uh, the good years did Aaron Rodgers have games like that? Let's say mid-80s or higher. So Rodgers in 2021, he won MVP. Um, he had, let's see here. In 17 games, 11 of them were 70 or higher. Eight of them, so half of the games, were 80 or higher. 
He had three games that were 85 or higher, basically four, 84.7. So four games, roughly one quarter. And then he had one game that was in the 90s. That was 2021. 2020, he only had three games below a 70. He had 11 games that were 80 or higher, seven games that were 85 or higher, four games that were 90 or higher, and two of them included a 96 overall and a 97 overall. Now, again, I'm not saying you have to be Rodgers. I'm I'm just saying, you know, what is a good quarterback? A good quarterback is consistency. Now, whether you have, you know, 75s the entire season or 70s and some 80s or whatever, the point is you can't be a guy that does that like twice a year and has just as many terrible games. Because you know who that is? That's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold had two games in the 80s in uh, 2020, that same year that I was just looking at for Rodgers. With the Jets, two games, roughly about what, what uh, Jordan Love had. But pretty much every other game was 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s. It's about consistency. And that's true for Jordan. It's true for the receivers. It's true for the offense, the defense, the special teams. It's true for this football team. Consistency is the key. And in fact, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of the NFL. Being consistently good is how you get into the playoff. Being closer to perfect is how you win the Super Bowl. You cannot make mistakes. You cannot have bad days. You have an off day, you're done. This isn't basketball where you have an off day and then you come back and you beat them the rest, you know, just the majority of the time. If you're a better team, you'll win the majority of the time. That's why, you know, the Packers, it's like they're, they're a super talented team. So they could have a few off days. They'll end up winning 13 games on the season. You know, they'll win basically every game with the exception of those couple off games, dominate their way into the postseason, and then those bad days will crop up and they're done. So that's what it's about. And so far, they have passed the test. You know, it's, it's a matter of every week I've said the same thing. Just don't regress. Just don't fall apart. Just hang in there. And they've done it. In fact, they've gotten better. I'm, I'm not even asking for them to get better. I'm just asking them to stay the same. Stay consistent. Show me you can do it again. And they're choosing to take it up a notch. The defense is. Jordan is. The receivers are. The offense as a whole is. So we'll see. But, um, you know, I, I'm watching the Bears-Vikings game right now. And it's just, it's pretty amazing to me because, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out. But how long have the Bears been trying to rebuild now? How long ago did they get Justin Fields? When Was it two years ago they hired a new coach, new GM, the whole thing? Not to mention they just traded their... Number one pick, still had a very high pick on top of a bunch of capital and getting a solid wide receiver to go along with that really high first round quarterback. Didn't you do all of these things? And I'm watching them sit at three and eight, just struggling to even get up to mediocre, struggling to be a non-bottom five team. Can you even be a top 30 team this year? And the Packers essentially in year one kind of struggled and stumbled a little bit, but are primed right now to make a playoff run. I don't know if they're going to get in, but by the end of the year, it's, it's more than likely that we're going to look at this and say, the Packers are a young and ascending team. The Vikings are a team that's got some work to do. They need a quarterback, which is big. If they can settle in on that, you know, we'll see. The Lions are top dog right now, but they got to prove that they can really step up. The Bears are a joke. It's amazing. One year after being the hot team in the NFC North, the Packers are the hot team in the NFC North. Not necessarily the best team, but the team that people are going to be betting on. So anyways, 
we'll get into some of the Bears, Packers, or Bears, Lions, Vikings stuff uh, another day. We're getting a little bit late here, and I got a late start, and I got to do Packernet After Dark still. So why don't we just leave it at that? You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Have a good one. Bye-bye.